all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning and welcome to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And we are kicking off March with National Nutrition Month. So if you have questions or comments or anything you want to discuss related to nutrition, today is your day. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 And my email is fit at We'll be back after the news. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And joining me in the studio today, I have Quayla Madkin, who is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And we are talking about National Nutrition Month because this is the first Monday in March. It also happens to be March Fourth, which if you think about it, that is a command, right? Or an urge to do something to march forth. So we are going to march forth into um, some nutrition topics today. If you have questions or comments uh, about nutrition, or maybe you're struggling trying to understand some of the info that's out there or just making it work for you, we're happy to talk with you about those things today and try and help you solve some of the those issues. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one Eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Good morning, my dear. How are you? I am good. Good. It is a chilly day, which I am very salty about. I am <laughs> I am over the cold. Um, it does not, I just, I don't know. It just makes me feel like I need to hibernate. And so I was very much um, ready for spring, but mm-hmm. I think that groundhog lied. Yes. And it is not springtime uh, yet. So I'm glad you were able to come out in the in the chilliness and, and help me with this. So um, March is, and with it being National Nutrition Month, is just one of my absolute favorite months um, of the year. Um, why does it get a whole month? Well, you know what? First of all, let me say thank you for inviting oh, me. Oh, sure, to come absolutely. The show. And it was hard getting out in the cold, <laughs> um, but I really appreciate it. And as like you mentioned, it's my favorite month as well. Mm-hmm. As a dietitian, um, our Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics started with actually a week. Mm-hmm. We did a week in the 70s and it caught fire. Mm-hmm. So then we got a whole month. Yeah. So now we really focus on March as the National Nutrition Month, which can be a restart for individuals yeah. and families to just focus on eating healthier. Well, so it's well excited. positioned because everybody usually starts out with grand intentions in yes. January to make these sweeping changes to everything, which we can talk about why that is not that great of a strategy in and of itself. Um, but usually by about March, things are kind of starting to to fall off a little bit. We've had... Um, 
you know, Valentine's Day come through mm-hmm. with all of its candy and chocolates and rich foods. And um, March is a good time to kind of refocus and reset. Uh, but um, a question I get a lot that I would like to kind of start with is the difference between just a, a, a registered dietitian and a nutritionist, because I get that question <clears throat> a lot. Tell yes. me the difference between those two things. Well, I am so happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a great question. I, I think, you know, this is a very important question. Mm-hmm. A registered dietitian is considered the nutrition expert. Right. Um, the dietitian has is someone who's gone to college and has obtained a four-year degree. There's a credentialing process that that person goes through. They actually study and sit for an exam to become registered. Mm-hmm. So that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And there's a body, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, that's monitoring all mm-hmm. of that, making sure people are meeting certain qualifications, doing the right things that they need to do to actually become credentialed. Um, a nutritionist is someone who can actually go online mm-hmm. um, and, and take a test. Uh, or not six, even do that or, sometimes. Or, you're right. They, <laughs> they usually don't take a test but do a course. Right. And they're nutritionists, so they don't right. have to be degreed. There's not really a credentialing body monitoring mm-hmm. that. So the difference is a, nutrition, a, a registered dietitian is based in science. Mm-hmm. Really, we are considered scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know how to correlate the scientific information to a realistic approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the difference is there. Yeah. We are, the registered dietitian is the nutrition expert. Right. And, you know, there are certainly great nutritionists that are out there as well. Just, you know, if you're really looking for kind of the pinnacle yes. of information um, and the true experts in that field, then you'll want to look for somebody with RDN after their name, registered right. dietitian nutritionist, right. um, because they've, they are, y'all are the, the superstars <laughs> of, of food science, um, because you understand even down to the very tiny micro level of what's going on with food and disease and being able to connect those things um, together. So y'all are just some of my favorite folks well, in the whole wide world. So I you know, appreciate that. We all appreciate it. I yeah. hope we got some of my dietitians, friends listening, and mm-hmm. we do appreciate that. It yeah. is very important. We are, especially our president of the Mississippi Academy of Dietetic Association, uh, Lydia West. She's mm, really she is. working hard to make sure dietitians are in the forefront yeah. of um being the nutrition expert. Yeah, so yeah. we we really appreciate Lydia for that. Yeah, Lydia is great. We actually had Lydia on last week mm-hmm. um, serving um, as a representative for Move Your Way Jackson, talking right. about exercise and just being up and active because they go hand in hand. I mean, food they and do. movement, they go directly hand in hand. All right, we've got a caller this morning. So we are going to go to Olive Branch mm-hmm. this morning. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you all? We're very good. Great. Uh, my question is concerning consu- consumption of organic vegetables. Like we have started to eat carrots every morning mm-hmm. for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we are eating baby carrots, uh, not the organic ones all the time. But what do you uh, what do you suggest in your experience about should we switch over to organic vegetables as much as possible or, you know, not eating organic is still okay if we consume, you know, vegetables. Right. What's your thoughts? Okay. So that is an excellent question, and I actually just did a Facebook post in, in the grocery store because I had a lot of questions about organic versus non-organic. So what I try to tell my clients is to keep it really simple. There's something you can look up called the Dirty Dozen list and the Clean 15 list. Check those two lists out, and what you want to do is focus on the Dirty Dozen is the list that has the fruits and vegetables that have the most pesticides. Mm -hmm. 
So since this is something you are concerned about, you want to check that list. And if carrots mm-hmm. are on the top of the list, then you and your family may want to consider, well, we should probably eat carrots that are organic since you're eating them every day. But um, I know for a fact that strawberries are the number one on that list. So it's not carrots, but you definitely uh-huh. want to make that choice based on the dirty dozen. Mm-hmm. Those foods have the most pesticides. And, and my opinion would be to start with that list and go from there. But I think it's great that you and your family are um, making that switch and being more aware of organic versus non-organic. And I'll put a a second part in there that um, if there's a farmer's market in your area, um, get to know the farmers. So a lot of our farmers in Mississippi may not meet the um, standards to be listed as organic because that's a rather um, expensive process to get certified as organic, but they are growing things organically. Um, So, you know, kind of meeting your farmers, striking up a conversation with them and asking them about their growing practices, which they're usually very, very happy to tell you about their growing practices because they're proud of their product. And so that sometimes will be a cheaper option to get um, organic food that may not meet the criteria for certified organic. That that definitely. And the other, the third thing I would tell you is to grow your own. Yeah. Look into starting your own garden (laughs) or get get a community together. I'm really working in my neighborhood to get a community together. I've started. So my goal is to branch out Mm -hmm. and have a farmer's market in my neighborhood. Um, It's easier than you would think. You know, I mean, I I can kill a plant like nobody's business. (laughs) I mean, I am not I am not great at that. But, you know, I've managed to grow uh, my lettuces Mm -hmm. um, as well as tomatoes and then garlic and onions and that kind of stuff. Um, So, you know, you can kind of start small with one one pot you know maybe i'm going to grow some tomatoes this year those are pretty um pretty foolproof as long as you don't set them out in the bright hot sun and drown them to death in water um not that i've ever done that or anything (laughs) those are all great um great options um for you but kudos to you guys for including more fruits and vegetables in your diet because that is really the number one way to be full and not have as many calories on board because fruits and veggies are very um, nutrient-dense and calorie-poor. So I hope that helped you a little bit this morning. Uh, if you need Thank more you. information, you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, and we're happy to push you out some more information. You have Thank a, you. You're welcome. You have a great Monday. That was a really good question. You know, it was a a great question and something that a lot of folks are confused about. And unfortunately, um, I think sometimes it gets painted as either black or white. Like I either eat organic um, or and I'm healthy or I don't eat organic and I'm unhealthy. And we see folks filling that gap. Well, I can't afford these organic vegetables, so I'm just going to eat French fries. And no, like, you know, if you if you can't afford um, organic, you know, there are still things that you can do. You can wash those veggies really, really well. Usually, you know, some um, vinegar, like white vinegar in the water and kind of soaking those for a while will help take some of the um, pesticides off the outside. And then you can always peel it. You're going to lose a little bit of fiber, but you're still getting a lot of vitamins and minerals from those kinds of things. So we'll go ahead and take our first break of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And I think we've got a caller that's going to ask about low carb. So we will address that when we come back from the break. If you want to join our conversation this morning, that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven. We'll be back in just a few.
Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Quayla Madkin, uh, registered dietitian <laughs> and certified diabetes educator. And we are tackling National Nutrition Month, both of our favorite months of the year. We've had a great um, discussion already about organic versus non-organic foods. Um, and we do have some open lines. So if you want to join our conversation, that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring um, If you don't want to talk on the air, you can always send me an email as well. That address is fit at mpbonline.org. All right, we're going to go to Pass Christiane and talk with Steve this morning. Hello, Steve. Good morning. How are you? We are good. How is, how is the weather in Pass <laughs> Christiane? Is it any warmer than it is here? Oh, let's see. It's 46 degrees. Oh, gosh, that just makes my bones <laughs> hurt. My goodness. All right, Steve, yeah. what can yeah. we do for you today? Well, I, uh, I'm a snowbird. I got down here in uh, the middle of November, and I decided to dedicate myself to weight loss and fitness. Okay. So I joined the, I joined the gym. Good. And uh, so far, I've lost uh, almost 40 pounds. That's amazing. But Wonderful. I'm not, I don't, what I'm doing for as far as food goes, I don't think it's, I, I call it the keto diet, but mm. I'm trying to limit my carb intake to under 75 grams. Okay. And I've been pretty much disregarding calories without trying to overdose on fat. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems to be working. Mm-hmm. But here's my here's my question. I have one kidney. Mm. I had a kidney removed three years ago. Okay. So I guess the question is, can I continue on this low-carb thing and, and uh, be okay as far as that one kidney goes? We're both shaking our heads um, no <laughs> as we're sitting here, um, you know, and so f- from my perspective, from a, a medical perspective, um, low-carb diets, of course, they work in the short term because you are limiting out a set of macronutrients. So your macronutrients, protein, carbohydrate, fat. And so anytime we pull um, a macro group off of the table, we are going to lose weight. Um, But at the same time, is our body kind of functioning to its full potential? Because each one of those macronutrient groups has a, a job focus. So in doing something like keto, um, it tends to be a little heavier on the protein, which is not great for kidney function, especially when you only have one. Um, so um, in the short term, it can work. But, you know, I usually say, is this a pattern you feel like you would be able to eat for the rest of your life? Um, because if it's not one that you would be able to eat for the rest of your life, then really it's it's not where you want to focus your efforts. I'm going to let um, Quayla talk a little bit more about it as well from a nutrition uh, and dietetic standpoint on that. Well, Steve, again, congratulations on the weight loss. I think that is excellent Mm -hmm. that you have, you know, lost 40 pounds. You you seem to be very active right now. So obviously we want you to keep that momentum and keep going. Um, But as the doctor said, it's very important that you not take out a whole macronutrient group because, again, especially with you having one kidney, your body's having to do a little bit more work for as far as the protein goes. But I think that where you are is a great opportunity to start to add back things that are, you know, whole grain, healthy. I don't think you should just jump right in and just start eating carbs all of a sudden. Right, and make sure they're good quality carbs. Good quality carbs, good healthy food. Um, 
and so that you can continue the weight loss because you can do it uh, with having carbs in your diet. And you do have some, but we just don't want you to go overabundance on that protein. And and since you know it, okay. it's been a concern for you, it's something you do want to, you know, consider to cut back a little bit on mm-hmm. so you can have a little bit better balance. And like uh, Josie said, is this something you can do for a lifetime? You know, we want you to have a long-term um, goal of being healthy, not just a short term goal but i think okay. it's wonderful so going, what you're doing go ahead going like like i see that i think the keto they called for like 50 grams of carbs or less and mm-hmm. i found that i couldn't sustain that but yeah. should i should i try to gradually bump it up to 100 or, or is there a number that i should be trying to, to incorporate into my uh, intake I would focus on, instead of focusing on the number, focus on the foods to add back in. So not necessarily, you know, um, white rice and breads and pastas and things like that, but adding in some whole grains like a quinoa or a brown rice or a barley, something like that. And then veggies in particular, your non-starchy veggies, because those are going to give you some good carbohydrates without packing on lots of extra calories so you know kale yeah Mm -hmm. kale collards um mushrooms asparagus green beans all those kinds of stuff and then some fruit um, because all of those foods are um packed with nutrients that you need and fiber which is our best friend when we're trying to be stay full um and and regulate our blood sugar um and they're very very low in calories there's actually a study that came out toward the end of the year last year that looked at carbohydrate load and mortality, you know, how well people did um, in the long term as far as health. And they looked at folks that had a very low carb diet. They looked at folks who kind of had a a moderate carbohydrate diet and then folks that had a very high carbohydrate diet. And it was very um, uh, shaped as far as mortality with low carb was not great for us. High carb was not great for us, but that kind of middle of the road um, carbohydrate intake provided the best um, outcomes as far as health and longevity. And let me just add, Steve, remember, okay. remember, we're not saying to you to just add all these carbs right. back. The focus is really the protein in your kidney. So mm-hmm. you, you're having to adjust a little bit and add c- some carbs back so you can cut back a little bit on that protein. Right. right. So do remember that part of it. Because you, you are eating okay. lots of vegetables, which are giving you some, some carbs. Although they're non-starch, you are getting some carbs from, from that um, large amount you're consuming. So we really want you to focus on that protein and cutting as it relates to your bit. kidneys. Yeah. And remember that plants have protein okay. in them as well. Yeah. That's something that a lot of folks don't yeah. think about. but And it's certainly not kind of the big bang amount of protein that comes from um, a meat product, but it adds up. You know, when you add in things, you know, broccoli has a fair amount of protein in it, um, some of the other greens, and you kind of, it accumulates to, to the amount that you need because your body really can only utilize a certain amount of protein at a time, and the rest is just kind of overkill. <laughs> all right, all Steve. Right, You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I, I could, all right. Have a good day. Good luck. Bye. Thanks, Steve. So, you know, that's a question I get a ton as well. Um, You know, I posted um, 
on uh, on my social media a couple of weeks ago that said, are carbs um, bad for you? And it was a pie chart. And about 80% of the pie chart was in blue and blue correlated to no. And then there was that little 20% wedge that was in yellow. And it said, um, no, but in yellow. So, <laughs> so you know, 100% um, not, um, not evil. You know, it just all depends on what types of carbohydrates you're putting in your body. And, um, you know, whether they are adding bulk or whether they are just adding sugar, you know, because right. it really and matters. You know, I think with, with Steve, the good thing about Steve is Steve is aware. Yeah. And we have a lot of consumers, a lot of folks who are not really aware of their health condition and how things can affect them. Mm-hmm. So you also have to be aware of what's going on with you before you just jump on a bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. It, it is. And I like how you mentioned, you know, it, we want him to add things back into his diet, but you are going to have to make some adjustments in some of the other things that you're eating. Because that's one of the things that happens with folks when they go on these fad diets is they eliminate something entirely and they they learn to to eat these large portions of foods that are not that great for us and then we start to add things back in and we don't decrease any of the other things and so now we're just you know heaping on more calories um, and then we start to to gain the weight we lost back as well as usually 10 or 15 more pounds um, because a lot of these fad diets wind up um, causing some muscle mass uh, loss as well. Um, And you just don't burn as many calories as you used to because you kind of messed up your metabolism a little bit there. Um, So it's important to to make sure that you're kind of balancing out that plate. Um, You know, you never go wrong with the plate when you look at it and you divide it in half in your brain and fill half of it up with fruits and veggies, a quarter of it up with some type of whole grain, and a quarter of it up with protein, Um, whether that protein is from an animal source or whether that protein is from a plant-based source. That just really provides you the best um, kind of... I call it shift of food, you know, you know, know, I mean, you think about, we mentioned that all of those macronutrient groups have a job. And what I usually tell folks when I see them cutting out whole macronutrient groups is imagine um, wherever you work, like maybe you're, um, you work at a restaurant and you're a server. So imagine if the person that, um, Cooks the food doesn't come in that day, which is what happens when we eliminate a macro group, right? Because they have a, a job. Now you're trying to maybe make some food as well as trying to serve the food. And so it might get done, but it's not going to get done as well as it would have had everybody showed up to the party to work. Um, so we just have to balance them out, you know, and not overconsume any one particular um, group there. All right, we'll go ahead and take our next break of the hour. Um, we have some open lines, and so now is a really good time to give us a call if you have a question about nutrition. That number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Quayla Madkin, registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And we are celebrating National Nutrition Month. And I'm using the word celebrating because we should celebrate our food. It uh, it keeps us alive Absolutely. and it tastes delicious. Um, when we uh, and it's good for us when we learn how to to do it. Uh, in the right balance and prepared the right way. Um, it really just is, I mean, I, I get excited at mealtime because it is just delicious. You know, <laughs> I had somebody post on um, on my Facebook this morning that healthy food doesn't taste good. And a little bit of my heart cracked and broke, broke off because food is just delicious. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. Unfortunately, our taste buds have kind of gotten... Um, trained to think everything should taste super salty or super fatty or super sweet. Uh, and so initially when you're making a change, you may think this doesn't have a whole lot of flavor to it. But once you get used to not having everything so super salted and sugared, food is just absolutely so flavorful. And you can actually taste that different foods have different tastes, that they don't all just taste the same, um, that there's really subtle um Subtle uh, flavor profiles to each one of those um, foods there. All right, we've got a caller, so we're going to go to Charleston, Mississippi. Good morning. Hello. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm fine, ma'am. How are you all doing? We are doing just fine. What can we do for you today? Yes, I was calling to find out how you all just got through talking about carbon hydrates mm-hmm. and, and uh, protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, which food uh, would you consider that uh, what we call carbon hydrate and protein? I know uh, potatoes and rice and stuff and bread is carbon hydrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a diabetic myself. Yes, I, sir. I, I have a little kidney malfunction and okay. they got me on a low salt diet. diet. Yes, yes. Good. And I, and I was wondering, uh, the, what is considered protein? Okay. okay. All right. We're going to let uh, Koyla tackle that because she looks like she's ready. Well, thank okay. you so much for calling. And it's wonderful that you are taking the initiative as a diabetic to really under, try to understand these foods and how they affect you. So protein is the foods. And we'll just get right into it. What are proteins? Okay. So there's two sources. You can come from animal sources, which is what pe- most people understand and know about. And then there's plant-based. So protein is going to be things like all your meats, but we want those to be lean meats. Less fat, not fried. So if you have something like a steak or pork chop, we want to always trim the fat. So that's called a protein. You have things like eggs. So most people, especially when I'm working with folks who are diabetic, I, I um, recommend they do egg whites um, the majority of the time. But whole eggs are fine as well. But that's a protein as well. So you got the meats, you got eggs, fish. So if you like to fish or you like brim, bass, uh, trout, catfish, all of that is protein. Okay, but we want that to be baked, broiled or grilled and not fried. And then you have chicken, of course. And the biggest thing with your chicken is the skin. So we want to make sure the skin is removed and it's not fried. So I've, I've said four things. So let's make sure we got that covered. We have the meats. We have things like beef and pork. We want that trimmed. We have fish. We have um, I've said five things. I'm sorry. We have fish, chicken. And we have eggs. Um, as protein, and of course, you've got deer, so you got game. So there's other options there. There are things like deer, um, if you if you eat deer, and then you have some plant based. There's some other ones, but let's move to plant based. You have beans, like red beans are plant based. Lentils, um, 
black eyed peas, black beans. Um, they have protein in them as well, but they're also carbohydrate and protein together, but they do have carbohydrate, a uh, protein, but you also have things like nuts. So you have um, almonds, walnuts, uh, peanut butter, almond butter. Those things are considered proteins. Okay. okay. Does that give you a little, a little help? Yes. So uh, I, I was thinking that I was, I was thinking that, whether you, uh, that's why I asked the question. I thought that well, I was right on that part. Okay. But the part, the point is what I'm trying. You, you can eat that, but you have to eat in moderation. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Moder- so, so sometimes, and like we just talked about the caller before, some people think I'm diabetic or my sugar's a little high. I need to just eat only protein. What we do know is that protein is good for us in the right amounts and cooked and prepared the right way. But we don't want to remember what we said earlier, cut out everything in the carbohydrate group because we still need that balance. So you do want to eat the healthier protein because sometimes when we go on to these higher protein diets or low carb diets, we start eating bacon and fried chicken and hot wings and you know, neck bones and ham hocks and things of that nature. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know, listen, like, oh, it's protein. I can <laughs> yeah, have that, you yeah. know. So we got to watch that because then it, it bothers our blood pressure. So it still needs to be a healthier way. It's, there is a healthy way to do it. So we want you to do it. Lean meats, not fried, grilled, baked, broiled. And healthy foods can be very uh, good, but we do have to flavor them. Um, but yes. Yeah, and then dairy also fits into um, a protein category as as well. Um, so you know, if you're if you're using dairy to fill part of your protein needs, you want to choose the the lower fat versions of those, just because calories um, add up quickly. You know, in particular, cheese. I see folks kind of overindulge in cheese because it's a, it's a protein, you know, and it's dairy, and it's supposed to be good for me. But a serving size of protein is is very small. Kind of the uh, end of your thumb um, is about all you need on cheese because it's got a lot of fat in it and a lot of cholesterol um, in it as well. Just kind of got to watch your portion sizes there. Um, But, you know, a Greek yogurt is a good protein um, source if you're looking for, you know, a um, non-meat-based source um, there. It's a good breakfast to kind of get you up and, and going. Um, to that, she mentioned the beans, uh, beans, um, lentils, legumes, um, and then like soybeans. Um, those are another good option to add in some protein there. But your protein sizes should be about three to four ounces um, at a time. And folks are like, well, what is that? Because I don't carry a scale around with me. And I don't blame you. I don't either. Um, but that's usually about the size of a deck of cards or so. Um, or if it's fish, a little bit bigger than that, about the size of a checkbook. Um, if we were remember what a checkbook size looks like. Not a whole lot of folks mm-hmm. use checkbooks <laughs> anymore, um, but that's about the size of a fish um, for a serving uh, as well. So I hope that helped you out a little bit. And you can always go to um, mpbonline.org um, and go to the Southern Remedy page and go to the Healthy Living tab. And we have a complete nutrition guide there. And it breaks it down into what is protein, what is carbohydrate, um, and what is fat and how to balance that plate out there as well. Okay, now, uh, uh, three more questions. Sure. I don't have a, a email. I was, is there any way you all can, can mail me some information or what? Yes, we can do that. So I'll just get you to hang on, um, and we'll get somebody to take that information down from you so that we can send you some stuff, okay? Okay, my next two questions. Okay. Is, uh, number one, uh, carbon hydrate is important in your, in your diet, correct? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Now, not overabundance. Right, I got you. Balance. Not overabundance. Mm-hmm. And the next question for eggs. Now, I, I, I eat that uh, egg substitute. Okay. So. Yeah, I that's got, great. I yeah. Got my big, the regular egg with it. But mm-hmm. most of what I eat is that egg substitute. And that's that's what you want to do because the um, whole eggs have just a little bit too much fat um, in them to really be great for heart health. Because if you got diabetes, then that also means you're at risk for um, heart disease as well. Um, so you know, I tell a lot of folks that are have been heavy egg eaters. That's exactly what I recommend that they do. That they kind of go for one whole egg and then the egg substitute, which is just egg whites, um, and then eventually down to um, just egg whites. Um, instead of the the whole egg at all. So that is a great way to do it. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, great job, Lucius. And make sure you share that information with your family. Yeah. I will. All right, take care. All right, I'll hang on for that information. Okay. All right. So that was a a great dialogue that we had there about how to um, uh, kind of balance that plate out a little bit. Um, Because it, you know, it, it can be overwhelming when you're bombarded with, you know, should I eat this way? Should I eat this way? Should I eat this way? And it, it doesn't have to be that hard, you know, well, just well, balance. Well, I think we got a perfect example with Mr. Lucius calling in. That was really great because people just don't know sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And he asked the questions that he needed to ask for him. He didn't really understand what a protein was, right. carbs, and that's okay. And sometimes people feel embarrassed to ask right feel they should know that and they don't mm-hmm. and, and and we're encouraging you to ask if it's yeah. not us get a dietitian get a right. you know doc, a doctor somebody ask somebody somebody don't be in the health field um should know and we take that for granted a lot yeah. those of us who kind of yes. live in this world on a daily basis that people know what a protein is and what a right. carb is and what a, you know those types of things um but it's okay to not know it's, it's, it's you know just reach okay. out and ask somebody and like i um you know, recommended to him. We have that entire um, Southern Remedy Healthy Living program. It is completely free. It's a booklet as well as a placemat that's at um, our website, and you can just download it and and use it. It really goes into how to build that plate to balance everything out so that you're not over consuming any one particular um, group of, of foods there. And that it's built in calorie control when you do that. You know, because it can be a drag counting calories. You know, and and feeling like you're um, uh, never hitting the target that you want to, um, but just building your plate um, it thoughtfully yes. can really build in those um, that calorie control there. All right, we had an email that came in, not um, fully nutrition, um, but with exercise, in which mm-hmm. we talked about exercise and nutrition go hand in hand. Um, it says, if you start an exercise program that includes exercises done in sets how many repetitions do you start with for each exercise and how frequently should you increase the number of reps and is there a maximum amount of reps that you should work toward so that's an excellent question um, and one i get a lot as well and there's not quite a cut and dry answer on that because it depends on what your um, goal is if your goal is to get big muscles you know to really um, grow and and have larger muscles then then it's going to be a little little different, you know, a little higher weight um, per se for some of those things. If it's just to start doing some resistance activities um, and, you know, so that you hang on to the muscle mass that you have, maybe even work on decreasing some of your body fat and increasing lean muscle tissue, um, then those goals are going to be a little different different. Um, I would, what I usually tell folks that have not been doing any form of um 
maybe you know, resistance or weight training is start with body weight activity before you mm-hmm. hop on a machine or pick up some dumbbells or barbells and those kinds of things because you don't want to hurt yourself. Um, so body weight exercises like squats or a push-up, a sit-up, a wall push-up, um, lunges, those types of things, and just get those muscles used to being used um, is a good place to start. Um, and then moving into some exercises that may um, have some dumbbells or some machines. Um, usually in that range of training, um, we talk about 8 to 12 reps as the the place to start. And so a rep is like how many times you do that particular activity. And a set is how many sets of repetitions do you do. So if we say three sets of eight reps, then we're meaning you do it eight times, you take a little break, you do it eight times again, you take a little break, you do it eight times again um, on that. Um, I cannot express um, enough working with just like you work with a dietitian to build the best dietary plan for you, working with a fitness specialist to build the best exercise program for you. That may be a physical therapist um, that can help you build that out. It may be um, a personal trainer at one of your gym facilities, or it may be an actual fitness um, specialist, someone that's degreed and certified in um, exercise physiology um, or kinesiology or somewhere like that, which is really the one of the, the place that I like most folks to start if they've got any kind of health issues going on. Because just like your dietitians understand how all these foods uh, interact with whatever medical conditions you've got going on. A um, degreed and certified fitness specialist has that same science background as to how exercise is going to affect someone with high blood pressure or diabetes or heart failure or those different types of things. Um, if you need help finding an exercise um, physiologist, you can email me at fit at mpbonline.org. Um, and I've got a list of some great ones um, that I can get you into contact with. And if you're not here in the metro, I'll try and find some in the other parts of the state as well. All right, we'll go ahead and take uh, our last break of the show. Now is the perfect time to give us a call so that we can get to your question before the end of the show. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. In the studio with me today is Clayla Madkin. She's a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And we have had some great calls this morning about uh, nutrition topics because we are uh, celebrating National Nutrition Month today. Um, So we'll go straight on over to the phones and talk with uh, Jimmy in Greenville. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning. How are you? We are very good. What can we help you with? I've got a question concerning calories. Okay. I use an uh, app called uh, Fitness Pal, mm-hmm. and uh, and I use a, a Fitbit uh, 
my fitness pal says I should consume about 1,500 calories a day. Now, when I add that with my three uh, miles walking each day, that usually ups it to usually about 2,000 to 2,200 calories a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a lot of calories. I mean, should I... How much credit should I look at this fitness pals as far as advising me of how many calories to eat a day? Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for calling in, and that is a wonderful question. Um, you know, we have a lot of great tools that that is helping us count calories and steps, but the the fitness pal is a great start. I think you you just want to. Um, Think about your activity and what works for you. Those calculations are, are made somewhat generically um, based on the information you put in. So I always tell people when it starts to kind of look out of pocket for you, you can always go back in and make sure your profile is correct. Make sure you've put your weight in correctly. If you've lost weight, you need to add that mm-hmm. in. If you figured out, oh, I'm not actually five seven, I'm five ten. So you, you want to obviously make sure the profile is correct so they can give you the best calculation. But in general, for men who are active, 18 to 2,000 calories or so is a good calorie level. Um, but if you feel like I'm, I'm not as active and, and I'm putting in and it's saying I need to add all these calories, then you have to make that adjustment. I would yeah, just say, I'm not going to say take it with a grain of salt at all, right, but I'm going right. to say, you know, you have to be individually take this as an individual approach of what works going to work best because for you I, starting off i did lose a lot of weight mm-hmm. uh, but and, and now i'm looking at if i eat that many recommended recommended calories i'm going to gain weight yeah well and sometimes that happens because what they did was they gave you what looks like to me a very low calorie level for a man mm-hmm. um, right. and so it puts you in weight loss and, and now you have to try to figure out the balance so this okay. is going to be kind of a learning curve for you, just figuring out the balance. And I think it'd be great for you to continue to keep up with your calories. You can obviously vary them in between um, the goal they're giving you and see what works best and what's the fit. If you notice that you do 2,200 calories, you start to gain some weight, then you may need to do 18 to 2,000. Um, so I think it's the good news is you've lost weight, you're putting in these healthy steps to live and be healthier, and now you just got to find the balance that, that works for you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for your call. All right. right, We'll move on to uh, Rose Hill, Mississippi, and talk with Cassandra. Good morning, Cassandra. Good morning. How are you? We are just great. Now, where is Rose Hill? Rose Hill is in Jasper County. Okay. Not too far from Enterprise and Bay Springs, in between the two. And it's not too far from Meridian. I taught at Meridian uh, for many years and uh, also over at Decatur, the community colleges in both those towns. Well, fantastic. What can we help you with this morning? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'll need to narrow it down. I have so much. I'm really, <laughs> so I really have studied nutrition for all these years. I did mm-hmm. study at the medical center myself. Uh, um, the top thing I think I'd like to mention today is the glyphosate. The problem with the herbicides mm-hmm. on our food, and uh, just to mention that I have been so blessed and so fortunate in the last two years to remove just as many toxins from my life as I could, mm-hmm. and uh, so I did uh, have such success of stopping all my medicines, and I had been in renal failure, I had high blood pressure, I had thyroid problems taking thyroid medicine. Mm-hmm. The story goes on and on. Just to say, just to say, by stopping all those, 
my labs are now normal. Fantastic. I'm not in renal failure anymore. Mm-hmm. But the last thing, it's not about me. It's about all of us and getting organic foods available mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I've talked to different managers at different stores. I don't live in the Jackson area. I uh, you know, can travel there. I can travel to Tuscaloosa and such to get things. But I just think we need some kind of push for organic foods. Do we not in Mississippi? We we need access to fresh fruits and vegetables across the board. Um, kind of as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, you know, organic is definitely um, one of the great options. But some of our local um, and smaller farmers uh, can't quite um, either afford the certification process to be organic or there's some kind of little stipulation that keeps them from obtaining them. But most of them or a lot of them do farm in an organic um, manner. So, yeah, so getting to know the farmer um, is, you know, kind of my top uh, recommendation that I have when folks are struggling to, you know, maybe find organic foods in their grocery store or being able to afford those is looking for your local farmer's market's wherever well, those may be. Here in Rose Hill, we don't really have a local farm. I know. I didn't have one growing up either um, in the Delta. So um, we ha- kind of had to make um, make little road trips um, for those kinds of things and stock up on things when we got there, you know, and process those and put them in the freezer and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and Ms. Cass- we grew our own vegetables mm-hmm. and yeah. too, all through the years with my family growing up. And, you know, I'm very thankful to have been yes. born into a, a home uh uh, with a low income level because we didn't have a, we didn't consume a lot. You learned of how to yeah you learned how to stretch it and, and eat more veggies. Well, it was just that it it ended up much better for our health. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for my mother and my family for what they did for me. But the glyphosates are a real concern, and I understand that our apples are not even accepted in Europe from the United States. Mm. And so, therefore, I just no longer will eat an apple unless it's organic. Mm. And uh, so I kind of ended up buying organic applesauce that uh, is, you know, works, that works for me, a mm-hmm. single person right now, right. Uh, having lost my partner recently. I'm so but, sorry. Uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, I just wish everybody well. I do think staying away from toxins is a real bonus for everyone, and I just can't say how blessed and happy and much, so much more well I am now after two years of, of as many toxins as I know of. So it's and just wish everybody the best. And I do think if we can look for uh, organic, you know, it's the way to go. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for giving us a call today. You have a great rest of your Monday, okay? It's a great program. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to go quickly to Grace in Jackson. Grace, we've got just a few minutes left, so go ahead and, and tell us what we can help you with. Um, thank you for taking my sure. call. How are you all doing today? We are just mm-hmm. fine. Good, good. Well, I was just listening to the, the last caller that came on, um, talking about the organic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm out. I'm on to raising that type of food. I'm 76 mm-hmm. years of age, and um, I don't have, I don't take medication. Mm-hmm. I don't have high blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, not any of those things that has been announced upon me uh, by my physical. But um, the last... A uh, couple months, I went to the doctor, and he said I had a like a little skip and a miss okay. in my heart, okay. and um, and he suggested I go on some type of blood thinner. Mm, okay, but uh, I have not done that yet because 
I was looking at the, um, see what could I actually do to, uh, with the foods and the exercise, which I'm very active. Mm -hmm. I, I farms, I mow yards, I do all of those things. So I am a very active person. And then I do have an organic um, patch now that I'm building. Mm -hmm. And and I do farm. I, I was raised up on a farm. We had a 40 acres of land, cows, hogs, and all that. So I'm familiar with with the uh, process of, of doing these things and how it does affect your body when you can eat, uh, put the right things into your body. So I was just calling to see, did you all have anything that you suggest that, like build your heart muscles mm. or whatever? Okay, so I'm going to uh, kind of give you my quick and dirty on that. Um, not knowing exactly what your your rhythm is that he's talking about, but knowing that he's recommended a blood thinner, I'm thinking it's probably something like atrial fibrillation, um, which can be very dangerous if your blood is not thin enough because those two chambers of the heart are just kind of sitting there and kind of quivering, and that blood can kind of um, thicken up in there and throw out little clots. So if that is what we're dealing with, then absolutely you should follow um, what the doctor is saying, get some clarification on why he wants you to start that blood thinner, but that's probably the way that you're going to need to go because from a nutrition standpoint, there's not really a way to fix that abnormal heart rhythm there. So I hope that helps you a little bit, Grace. If if you need more information, you can always send me that email at fit at mpbonline.org. And I'm happy to send you some more information about that. And thank you for giving us a call this morning. And thank you to my wonderful guest, Quayla Madkin, uh, dietitian and just all around awesome person for joining me today and helping us uh, tackle National Nutrition Month. And I have very much enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. More at bcbsms.com. Our weather will be relatively tranquil as we head over the next couple of days, looking at uh, sunshine on the increase today, and we'll keep sunny skies and slightly warmer temperatures in place for Tuesday. Tupelo looking at sunshine increasing or high temperatures today in the upper 30s. Later tonight, partly cloudy and overnight low in the low 20s. Vicksburg clouds are high upper 30s. Tonight, looking at partly cloudy skies and overnight low will drop down to near 25. And in Hattiesburg, we should see an increase in the sunshine today. Our high temperatures this afternoon, upper 40s. Slight chance of some rain tonight, overnight lows, upper 20s. I'm meteorologist Sally Russell. This is Think Radio.